Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Today we talk about questions we have all asked ourselves at some point in time. What is God's will for my life? How do we actually know His will? Is it something we try our best to interpret and hope we're right? These are questions we often ask when we are faced with big life decisions. We want to know His will so it can inform the decisions we make. Sometimes we'll put out a metaphorical fleece to try to figure it out. Or we'll wait and wait until we feel peace about a decision. The truth is, we can go to God's Word and find the answers. We can know God's will for our lives. Come join our conversation. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Joanna with Stephanie. Hello, hello. So we are really excited about today's topic. I think that this is probably one of our most frequently asked questions Mm -hmm. for the podcast. And that is the question of what is God's will for my life and how do I figure it out? Yeah, Uh, It's a pretty big question and we are definitely going to get into that. And so before we do... Stephanie, do you have a favorite thing to share for us this week? I do. So earlier this week, we got to record with Ruth Jo Simons, and she's Mm -hmm. the artist of Grace Laced. And, you know, I love Ruth. Um, She has just been a sweet mentor of mine from afar. And so, oh my goodness, it was an absolute delight Mm -hmm. and a privilege to get to chat with her. And and goodness, yeah. wouldn't you say she's like so gracious and so well-spoken oh, yeah. and full of wisdom? So that was yes, definitely a highlight of my week. Yeah, that was hugely edifying for me too. Oh my goodness, yeah. How about you? I think that my favorite thing this week I wanted to share is a book that I'm reading right now. Um, my church started this summer doing these summer book clubs, cool. which was really fun because we get a chance to have these small group settings and read some books together. And so we're reading a book called Identity theft in my group. And it's written by a lot of different authors. Um, Jen Wilkin, Hannah Anderson, Melissa Kruger, Trillian Newbell, Mm. um, several others too. And it is about our identity in Christ. And it basically talks about a lot of different types of identity theft that we have. So Mm. ways that we misplace our identity. So it's really been really excellent And especially after recording our own episode on Identity in Christ, which was episode nine. So definitely recommend that episode and definitely recommend the book, too. Yeah, those are a lot of good authors right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there are even more in there. Each chapter is written by somebody different. So it's been it's been really good. Um, But like we said, we are going to be talking about this question of how can we know God's will for our lives? And like I said, I have gotten this question a lot for Mm -hmm. the podcast. I have seen it a lot on the Lamp and Light page. I have had a a lot of people talk about this just in my regular life. You know, people I'm thinking about like 
students that I've had when I was a teacher Mm -hmm. or people that I've just met up with for coffee. They're just wanting to know what is it that God wants me to do and how do I know that I'm doing the right thing? Yeah. And I think that this question comes up a lot with like big life decisions. So we want to know God's will for our life and find answers to questions like, is this the person that God wants me to marry? Um, Or is it God's will for me to live in Atlanta or New York? (laughs) Is this the job I'm supposed to take? Mm -hmm. What should be my major in college? Should I even go to college? Is it God's will for me to have one kid? 12 kids is this guy the one is this house the one right we kind of go to these big life questions and we just want to know what is god's will yeah what does he want me to do and how do i figure it out and honestly it makes total sense that we'd want to know god's will in these areas because let's be honest these are things that we don't want to mess up yeah right these are big deal things and so i think there are a lot of different ways that we tend to go about trying to decipher what God's will for our lives is. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big ones is that we just try to hear God. We pray really, really hard and try to listen for a voice or maybe like a feeling, a notion that says, Mm -hmm. do this, not this. Or I've heard of people like just dropping their Bibles open on a table and seeing what it falls open to and trying to find a verse (laughs) that will give this enlightenment on how I should move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe we wait for some kind of sign. Maybe we pray for a sign of, should I go to this school or that school? Maybe like look for a billboard along the highway, literally, you know, (laughs) something like that. Um, I think the most common that we tend to do is we'll say that we will only move forward with something when we feel at peace about it uh-huh. um, and wait for that sense of there's no anxiety attached. I feel 100% good with this. Yeah. Um, so whatever the method, we just want a clear answer to the question. What do you want me to do? Right. God, tell me what it is that I'm supposed to do. Oh, yeah. I've definitely asked that question myself. It's, it's yeah. very personal. <laughs> Um, And, you know, I think sometimes we want to know God's will so badly in these decisions, you know, big decisions and small decisions, Mm -hmm. because we have this like deep seated fear that will miss out on God's Mm -hmm. will for our lives. At least I have felt this fear. And and this fear can actually paralyze us because it tells us that we'll miss out on God's blessings if we don't make Mm -hmm. decisions that perfectly correlate with his very specific individualized plans for our lives. And yeah, you were talking about your high school students that you taught. I remember wrestling with this as a high school senior myself. Yeah. And I knew in my head and in my heart that God had a plan for my life, but I felt like his plan was this mystery that I had to kind of figure mm-hmm. out. And I felt like I had to somehow decipher signs here and there like you were talking about and right. kind of just hope that my interpretation was right, right? And mm-hmm. that my decisions were according to um, this plan that he had for me. And right. when I think back, I think my heart was in the right place. And mm-hmm. and I'm thankful, right? By God's grace, I really did want to live according to his will yeah. and honor him with my decisions. Um, however, I didn't have a biblical understanding of God's will. And really, it was because I didn't really know who he was either. Mm. And 
those things are necessary to discern the will of God. We need to know him yeah. and we need to know his word. And I'm reminded of Romans 12, 2, that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we need our minds to be transformed um, mm. by his word to be able to discern. And, yeah. and you know, even now, I've grown in my faith since then, but I'll still have moments when I feel like I'm at a fork in the road and I find myself longing, like desperate for this neon flashing sign mm -hmm. from God to just tell me which way to go. And yeah. I want it so black and white and I want it so clear and I want to do what he says. And so I'll find myself just throwing out a metaphorical fleece and, you know, later I'm like, okay, hold on. Gideon and the fleece was actually a sign of a lack of faith, but <laughs> I've still done it time and time mm -hmm. again. So if you've yeah. been there, like you're not alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this is just kind of what I always assumed growing up. Like we got to figure out what God's will is. And if we figure it out wrong, then things aren't going to go very well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but whenever I have tried really hard to figure out God's specific plan for my life and all the events that he wants to take place in my life, I have left feeling really defeated or like I wasn't a good enough Christian mm -hmm. because I didn't understand why I couldn't get a clear read on what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Is it because I'm not good at hearing God's voice? Did I not pray hard enough? <laughs> Is he keeping things from me because I messed up somewhere? And so I just felt like really inadequate. Um, and like everybody else who said that they heard these things from God, that God told them these things, I just could never measure up. And so it just left me feeling really crummy. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Definitely felt that way. So we're not alone, I imagine. And so I think this conversation mm -hmm. is going to be really practical and helpful for all of our listeners, no matter what season of life we're in, because, mm -hmm. you know, if we think about it, we have a million decisions that we have to make every day. Some are big, yeah. some are small. And, and many of those decisions do have bigger, sometimes eternal implications. And right. so we should take the time to pause and pray and seek the Lord's guidance. But I think it's going to be um, a good conversation and helpful to kind of guide us through that decision-making process. And, yeah. and just to say up front, we need to remind ourselves this, you know, especially in this discussion of God's will for our lives, that God isn't malicious and it isn't mm. his desire for us to be paralyzed in fear at every fork in right. the road, right? <laughs> the narrow mm -hmm. way, the narrow path that he calls us to walk isn't one of guessing and just hoping right. for the best, he is a good God. And I love what mm -hmm. uh, John MacArthur says. He says, the will of God is not lost. And that's just a sweet reminder to me that he can be known through his word and his will can be known. And and you mm -hmm. know what? It's good that we have the desire to do as well. So that's just like a blanket upfront statement there. Yes, exactly. And we're not going to leave this conversation telling you, well, you can't know God's will for your life. So... <laughs> just have to kind of go and just try and figure it out on your own. No, we're no. not going to leave you there. We honestly do believe that God shows us what his will is in his word. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of confusion comes in because on the one hand, scripture talks about God's will in a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that difference up front. On the other hand, 
we as a Christian culture, I think, have a tendency to talk about God's will differently than the Bible does. Yeah. And to kind of confuse the types of God's will mm-hmm. and how we're supposed to approach them. Mm-hmm. So if we look to God's word, we can see that it talks about God's will in a couple different ways. One of them we'll call his hidden will. And one of them is his revealed will. So I think we see this pretty clearly illustrated in Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, Mm. that we may do all the words of the law. So we see from this verse, there are things, parts of God's will that are hidden from us for good reason. And there are parts that are given for us to know and understand and be able to follow. So we need to realize we don't have to know all of God's will. So let's look first at God's hidden will. You might have heard it called his secret will, maybe his will of decree or his decorative will. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is God's sovereign will in which he brings to pass everything that he decrees will happen. This is called his hidden will because we don't know all the details of this. And so I think of verses like Psalm 115.3, which says, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Mm -hmm. That is his hidden will. Job 42.2, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Mm -hmm. So his hidden will, there's nothing that can come against that. It's going to happen. Um, Ephesians 1.11 says, he works all things according to the purpose of his will. So this kind of will, this is what we're talking about when we say things like, we're going to have three kids, Lord willing. Mm -hmm. It's what will come to pass because God in his sovereignty wills it to be so. Right. And so that's the absolute will of God, right? Uh And that's kind of going to the attribute that he is sovereign. Mm-hmm. But there is this tension because he also gives commands in his word that tells us the best way to live, but we don't always obey it. And so there's that tension between his sovereignty and human responsibility. And what, what we're talking mm-hmm. about there is his revealed will, which is also called his will of precept or preceptive will. Yeah. And Um, I really like what John Piper calls it. He calls it the will of command. And so, you know, as human beings, we can choose to obey or we can choose to disobey. And and again, there's that tension between God's sovereignty and our responsibility and what we're going to do. And that's what we're talking about here in terms of God's will of command. And so God's will of decree, like you talked about, can't be thwarted, right? You read that verse. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll happen, guaranteed. But God's preceptive will can be thwarted in that it can be disregarded out of disobedience and on our end. Right. So simply stated, to kind of sum it up, God's hidden will is what he ordains, what's going to happen. And his revealed will is what he commands. It's what he calls us to do, how he calls us to live. Mm -hmm. And so it's revealed to us because we see it in his word. Right. So that's where we see his revealed will. And so these distinctions are really helpful for me personally, because I would always get so confused if people would say he's walking outside of God's will if somebody was sitting, Mm -hmm. because I was thinking, well, doesn't God's will always happen? And so I realized that I wasn't thinking of God's will in two separate categories. I was lumping it all into one, and it just confused me to death, honestly. (laughs) So this helps break up the confusion for me, because here's the thing. 
we can be outside of God's revealed will if we are disobeying him. Right. But I think the problem comes in when we think that we're supposed to treat God's hidden will like it's his revealed will. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that we have to discover and then follow. So we can get so caught up in trying to discover his hidden will for our lives and especially in like the specific details of our lives Mm -hmm. because we think that we're going to be outside of his will if we don't figure it out. And that's not what God tells us. God tells us there are things that are not for us to know. So like you said, Stephanie, we have this fear that we're going to miss out or we're going to get it wrong. And that's really a fear that we don't have to hold on to in that sense. And so we need to realize, like you said, God's not keeping information from us that we need. Second Peter 1, 3 tells us that he gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah. He's not maliciously keeping things from us. All that we need to live inside his will, he has revealed to us in his word. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite verses. And so what we're saying here, bottom line, is we can study God's word and we can know him and his character and his attributes and how he works. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as we get to know him, we'll grow to love him. And as we love him, we'll trust in his providence and his sovereignty. And and we can trust in his hidden will. Um, mm-hmm. But then we can also study and we can learn the way that he wants us to live, which is for our good and his glory. Mm-hmm. And by his grace, we can choose to obey and our obedience can be aligned to his revealed will. Right. So we told you we would not leave you without an answer to the question. Yes. What is God's will for my life? And I think the absolute clearest answer we can find to this question is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, which says, for this is the will of God. It's like drum roll, <laughs> your sanctification. And so God's will for your life, believer who is listening, All of you, Mm -hmm. God's will for your life is your sanctification. And we've talked a lot about sanctification in pretty much every episode, (laughs) I think. (laughs) But we talked about it really in depth in episode 19, if you want to listen to that some more. Um, But sanctification is the process of growing in godliness. It's being made more and more holy and becoming more and more like Christ as we walk in obedience to God. So that's the simple answer. That God's will for you is to look like Jesus. Yeah, and that's also why it's so important that we study God's word, right? Mm, Because you need to know what he commands um, if you want to walk in obedience to his commands. And and that makes me think of 1 Corinthians 11.1 where Paul says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Or in Ephesians 5.1 he says, Therefore be imitators of God as his beloved children. Mm. And imitating Christ is the very purpose of our sanctification, right? And Mm -hmm. the truth is you can't imitate what you don't know. And by God's grace and through Christ, believers experience a new birth and we're given the Holy Spirit to sanctify us and transform us into Christ-likeness. And what a blessing that is. Um, Mm -hmm. But it also says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, which I feel like we've read a lot. It's one of our favorite verses. such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord Mm -hmm. who is in the spirit. And so this verse tells us that we can partner with the spirit who transformed us by beholding the glory of the Lord. And we can do this through the study of his word. And 
And, you know, I think back to that verse where it says so clear, clearly what God's will for us is, right? First Thessalonians mm-hmm. 4, 3. And actually a few verses right after that tells us, you know, what sanctification kind of looks like. And I just wanted to read verses three and four. It says that you abstain from sexual immorality and that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. And then jumping to verse seven, it says, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And right there, we, we get a glimpse of of what sanctification looks like, right? What Christ-likeness looks like. And, and really, it's all throughout scripture where we can learn um, what it means to um, look like Christ. And so that's why we study God's word. And, you know, I think of verses like Philippians 2, where it says we're to put on humility like Christ. Mm-hmm. And then First John 3, 23, we're to love one another and we're to be generous and keep free from the love of money and be content. And, and we learn so much in Hebrews 13, but really it's all throughout scripture where we get where mm-hmm. we learn what it means to look like Christ. Yeah. So the, the Bible is full of principles of how we're supposed to live, right? It's full of things that we are supposed to be, characteristics that we're supposed Mm, to have. And I know that you might hear this and think, okay, that's great, but like, what does that have to do with the decision that I have to make today? Mm -hmm. How is that going to help me in this specific circumstance? And, you know, I love this quote from Jen Wilkin in her book, None Like Him, Mm -hmm. where she says, for the believer wanting to know God's will for her life, the first question to pose is not what should I do, Mm. but who should I be? Mm, And it seems really clear, Stephanie, from those verses that you just mentioned, that the Bible gives us a whole lot more about who we are Mm. and who we should be than about the individual decisions that we make. True. So if you flip through your Bible looking for answers to questions like, should I go to college? Should I become a member of this church? I like this nice Christian guy, but is he the one that God wants me to marry? You're not going to find the answers written out in black and white for you. Yeah. And that might be disheartening because we want the answers, mm-hmm. right? We just want somebody to tell us. But I think we need to hear this. In these non-moral decisions, there is not only one right decision. Yeah. You could make a good and wise and God-honoring decision in getting married to any number of different God-honoring men. Mm -hmm. You can choose to homeschool your kids or send them to private school or public school or charter school and still be making a good decision that is inside of God's will because God's will is that you would be holy that Mm. you would be sanctified, and you can make many different decisions that all fall under that same category of walking in obedience to God. Mm, I like that. And you know, when you mentioned Jen Wilkins, I I just thought she did talk about God's will on Journey Woman. Yeah, she did. And something that stuck out to me in that episode that I remember is she was, she said, God is more concerned with the decision maker than the decision itself. Mm-hmm. She said yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. And she says that in, in None Like Him, too. Okay. That's awesome. And basically, she reminds us, like, the Lord um, is the Lord of all outcomes, and he's more than able to work with our decisions. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. and we can we can trust in his ability to handle all of that. And, you know, when it says he's more concerned with the decision maker, that means he's more concerned with us, right? His mm-hmm. will is our sanctification, like we've been saying, and he wants us, whatever we're doing, 
to be sanctified by his word. So to grow yeah. in holiness. And, and that can happen in so many different ways and so many different yeah. life circumstances. And so we can reflect his glory and be his image bearer. And we can be more and more like Christ and through so many different ways. It just reminds me that I should be more concerned with who I am. Am I reflecting Christ than getting hung up on? Am I making the right decision? Especially when right. they're non-moral you know, decisions where there's no right or wrong answer. Right. And, you know, sometimes there might be a wrong decision and many right ones. You know, like there are things that we can do that would be walking in disobedience to God. So when we're focused more on being who God has called us to be, about reflecting his character in those ways, then the decisions that we make are going to flow out of that. Mm-hmm. They are going to be good decisions. And we don't have to get hung up on, did I choose the right one out of a billion decisions? Right. We can ask ourselves, Is these, are the steps that I'm taking reflecting in obedience yeah. to who God has called me to be? Yeah. And I think if we remember that God is for us in this way, that that's when we can experience joy and freedom mm-hmm. in our pursuit of holiness, right? Yeah. We remember that He's our tender father that longs for us to be free from the power of sin and to walk mm-hmm. in obedience and experience joy and delight in his presence, the fullness of joy in his presence. Yeah. Then we're not going to approach his will in this legalistic, we have to get it perfectly right or else kind of way, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Uh, and so, I don't know, for me, this is just a good reminder that, you know, I can just take a breath and relax a little bit because God's not holding his breath that every nitty gritty decision Mm -hmm. that I have to make. And he's not expecting me to figure out his will at every turn before I Mm -hmm. make a decision and move forward. And I can walk in faith and trust him in in my decision making. Right. Yeah. And he does give us everything that we need to make those decisions. Exactly. He gives us those principles, right? We have everything we need for life and godliness. So if God's word does not give you the name of your future husband, <laughs> then that means that there's not just like one right choice to make there or else he would have told you to how to make it. Yeah. Right. So everything that we need, God gives us in his word. And you know what that means? That means that you have freedom to make a decision (laughs) without living in crippling anxiety that you heard God wrong or you misunderstood and now you're going to suffer the consequences. Right. As long as in your decision, you are obeying God's commands in scripture for who he has called you to be, you don't have to wait for him to reveal all the details. Mm, Yeah. Um, I recently read a book. I think that you've read it too, Stephanie, because we've chatted about it. Kevin DeYoung's book called Just Do Something. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a good one. And It was so helpful. He talks about God's will and how we don't need to carry the burden of this pressure to figure out exactly what God wants us to do Mm -hmm. before taking a step. Yeah. And I love this quote from the book. I feel like it sums up the sentiment of the whole book. He says, so go marry someone, provided you're equally yoked and you actually like being with each other. (laughs) Go get a job, provided it's not wicked. Go live somewhere in something with somebody or nobody. But put aside the passivity and the quest for complete fulfillment and the perfectionism and the preoccupation with the future. And for God's sake, start making some decisions in your life. Don't wait for the liver shiver. If you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you will be in God's will. So just go out and do something. Mm. I feel like we can just end it there. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. We should just have him on the show. <laughs> but... 
I really do wish I read that book when I was in high school, right? When I was mm-hmm. like in the in the thick of it and just I mean, even last year when I was wrestling over my right. kids' schooling decision, just that reminder mm. that you know what? We can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and, you know, follow the principles in the in scripture and and then be okay. And yeah. you know mm-hmm. what? I think when we get so caught up in trying to figure out God's specific hidden will for our lives, then mm-hmm. we can even maybe fall into becoming passive. And if we're not yeah. careful, we can be caught in this crazy land of indecision and we're just waiting and waiting for that neon flashing sign that's not going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll get stuck in a land of like really unhealthy fear that paralyzes us. Right. It paralyzes us because we think that we're going to move out of the center of God's will and be doomed. And that's just not true. It really is ironic that in our desire, a good desire to do God's will, we can actually end up doing nothing. (laughs) Right. We don't end up working heartily as unto the Lord because we aren't 100 percent sure if God wants us to go to this college or take this job or if it's God's will for us to give money to this person in need or befriend this person or lead a small group or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So we end up doing nothing. And then, ironically, we aren't fulfilling the commands that God gives us in Scripture, like the commands to give generously, to encourage fellow believers, to work heartily as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I don't know, it's just so ironic to me (laughs) that we try to know God's will but end up doing nothing. It kind of makes you think about the parable of the talents, Mm -hmm. where this man gives his workers each a certain amount of money. And two of the workers end up investing it and making a profit on it and bringing it back to to their master. And he's pleased because they used wisdom mm-hmm. right, in these decisions. But then the other one was so terrified to make this decision on his own that he just buried the money and then nothing good came from it. Right. And so I think like those servants who invested it and used it well, we can make decisions based on the principles that God gives us in his word to do things for his kingdom, Mm -hmm. to do things for his glory. Mm. Yeah, so true. And all of this is definitely preaching to my own heart right now. (laughs) And, and, you know, of course, when we say, you know, just do something, when when we're talking about just doing something, we're not saying just do whatever you want with zero right. thought. <laughs> yes, this is not a free pass yeah. to just do whatever feels right. <laughs> yeah, what we're actually saying is we need to walk in wisdom and make mm-hmm. some decisions and not right. just stay paralyzed. Yes. And what we're saying is we need to surrender our fear of making a mistake. Or And this fear can look different ways for different people. It could be the fear of mm-hmm. man, fear of the future, fear of yeah. losing control, fear of failure, mm. whatever it is. And we can trade that fear for the fear of the Lord. Mm. And I think of Proverbs nine ten that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And I love that because it reminds us that the fear of the Lord is a holy fear. It's a positive fear that leads to wisdom and delight. And this is what helps us in our decision-making. Wisdom is a path that requires walking really day in and day out. Wisdom mm-hmm. is understanding how life works and being able to make decisions accordingly. And it doesn't mean 
we have the superior knowledge, right? It doesn't mean we have mm-hmm. God's perfect knowledge and understanding and we know everything about everything before it's going to happen. That's not wisdom like the Bible talks about wisdom. And the way that I kind of understand God's wisdom is um, J.I. Packer gave an illustration of talking about it as learning to drive. And so he was saying wisdom is like kind of like learning to drive. It's facing your reality and the million decisions you have to make for what they are and making the decision with a mind dependent on the wisdom of God and doing this again and again and again. You know, we can't just Mm -hmm. expect moral rules to guide us. Like we said, there are so many decisions that we have to make that aren't just black and white. They're not a moral dilemma. There are many right answers. And and so this is when wisdom comes in and, and helps us make the decisions when they come up. And I love what Tim Keller said. He said, to be wise is to know what to do with 90% of life's situations to which the moral rules just don't apply. Yeah. And so how do we get this wisdom? Hmm. The golden question. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the verse that immediately comes to mind is James 1, 5, where it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Mm-hmm. And so we can go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for wisdom. And yeah. we can do more than that. We can pursue wisdom, right, by studying his word, learning those principles to guide us in our decision making. And we'll also find that as we study his word, our reverence and our awe for him are just going to increase and that's going to shape our conscience. It's going to shape our desires. And and in turn, that's going to kind of shape our decision-making skills and how Mm -hmm. we decide things. And one last little practical tip in terms of getting wisdom is to surround yourself with people that are wise. And Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. So Consider who you're spending time with, and and that's also going to kind of shape your character. So that's my Mm. other practical tip. How about you, Joanna? Do you have any? Yeah, I think it really is true that way too often we tend to go to God in prayer in these situations. And instead of praying for God to give us wisdom, like James 1.5 says, we pray for God to tell us what to do Mm, instead of praying for wisdom. And so we're praying for knowledge instead of wisdom. Mm -hmm. But there really is beauty in the fact that God doesn't give us all the knowledge. He doesn't give us all the facts, all the details of the circumstances, exactly how things are going to play out and exactly what decision is going to lead to each outcome. Um, And the reason that there's beauty in that is because it leads us to seek him. Um, It leads us to know him more intimately, to learn to love his word as we seek those principles and that knowledge and as we seek to become more like him. So it's kind of like this. Here's an example for you. If I lay out my daughter's clothes for her every day, all the way through high school, and I never teach her the principles behind choosing an outfit, right? I don't teach her that when you're thinking about what to wear, you need to think about the occasion, You need to think about what the weather's like, Mm -hmm. you know, things like this. If I do that her whole life, she's never going to gain wisdom, Mm -hmm. that wisdom of how to make those decisions. But if I teach her what to wear when it's hot outside or when it's cold, what kinds of things you wear to the gym versus a job interview, Mm -hmm. she's going to be able to make those decisions in her adult life on her own. Mm-hmm. And that is the same, I think, with God. He's not going to tell us, 
do this, marry this person, take this job, buy this house, go to this doctor for every single decision in our lives. Mm -hmm. But he does give us principles in his word for the kinds of people we should be. And here's the thing. I do not want to give off the impression that God never leads us or guides us or calls us to something specific. I mean, Scripture tells us that part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to convict us and to guide us. So let's say, for example, that you are sitting in church on a Sunday morning and your pastor gives a sermon about reconciliation in relationships and you are sitting there and you are convicted by the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word of God because maybe you have a relationship where you're holding on to bitterness, where maybe you're holding a grudge against someone. Maybe you haven't been speaking and things didn't end well and you feel this conviction of the Holy Spirit to go and seek reconciliation with that person. And let's be honest, none of us really want to do that because that's really hard and really uncomfortable and takes a lot of humility. But let's say that you kind of want to brush it off and you can't shake it. The Holy Spirit keeps coming back and keeps convicting you and calling you, leading you to seek reconciliation with that person. And you know, this is something that the Holy Spirit does in our lives and our hearts a lot is that he convicts us when we are violating these moral commands, when we are violating what scripture calls us to do. Because scripture does call us to seek peace and pursue it, to not let a root of bitterness rise up within us, right? So all of these things, these are these moral commands that are part of God's revealed will. And the Holy Spirit convicts us and calls us to make sure we are in line with who God has called us to be. Now, also, sometimes I believe that we do see guidance even in these non-moral issues, these decisions that we have to make. So let me give you an example. A while back last year, it was actually just about a year ago, I was talking with a friend of mine and she was asking me, hey, are you thinking about going back to work at any point and what would you want to do? And I told her, I said, you know, I have been thinking about this a lot. I've been praying about it because I was a stay-at-home mom with my daughter. And I told her, I said, I would really like to be able to have a job where I can somehow work from home, where I can be in some kind of women's ministry and where I can teach the word of God. But I don't know if that job exists. And one week later, there was a post on Instagram saying that there was a a job opening at the Daily Grace Co. that basically described my dream job and what I had been talking about and praying about. And I honestly believe that God was leading me to this job. And so when we think that God is leading us somewhere or calling us somewhere in these non-moral types of decisions, we need to always make sure that we're testing those things first and foremost against his word. Is there anything in this that would violate what is already revealed to me about who God calls me as a believer to be and how he calls me to walk in holiness? And also seek wise counsel. Go to believers that you trust, maybe believers who are further along and wiser than you are and 
see if what you are thinking of doing aligns with biblical wisdom. You know, for me as a married woman, that meant going to my husband as well and discussing, do you think this is wise? Is this something that is good for our family right now? Is this something that you think would be a good fit for me? Is this something that I would be able to serve in faithfully? And I talked to people in my community group and I tested it against God's word, tested my desires against God's word. And so, you know, sometimes God does lead us like that, but we don't have to wait around for those specific promptings to make decisions. You know, more often than not, I would say God gives us the principles to follow in his word and the wisdom to make decisions based on what he has revealed to us in scripture. And so what I think we need to do is get away from thinking that if we are good enough Christians, if we are in tune enough with God's voice, then he's going to give us an answer for every single decision. And so when he doesn't lead you in a specific direction, you have the freedom to make a decision. Yeah, and I like that because it's not saying you're not going to wrestle with this if you Mm -hmm. get to some spiritual maturity point, right? Right, Wisdom is not like a final destination even like we're going to continually be growing in godliness mm-hmm. and we're going to continually be walking in wisdom and right and walking in faith and trusting in him day by day and and that's that's god's design so it's not like you're not a good christian if you don't know the answers before you make the decision right exactly yeah. and i think that we need to realize that god's normal way of speaking to us is through his word mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if we're not hearing an audible voice, that doesn't mean that we're not good Christians or that we don't have enough faith. No, God communicates to us primarily through his word, through scripture. And that's true no matter where we are in our journey of faith. And I think we can experience peace when we do make decisions, when Mm -hmm. they're you know, align with the word of God. We're not saying you're not ever going to feel the sense of peace right? um, or or like don't expect that. Like I do believe that when we make decisions that we feel are informed by scripture, like we are going to feel that peace. Mm -hmm. um, And and then we're going to feel confident walking out in faith, knowing that, you know what, God's got the final outcome and we're doing our best to make decisions that honor and glorify him so we can We can leave the results up to him. Right. And yeah, I think that the difference is when we are expecting peace to be the determining factor between like non-moral decisions. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I really like these two houses when I'm house hunting, but I need to wait to see which one I feel at peace about. Like, that's not a moral decision. We can use wisdom that God has given Mm -hmm. us. Right. Right. And we also have to realize that, hey, sometimes making a good and right decision can be scary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bit scary to to step out and walk in obedience. Maybe it means like, man, I really feel like based on the principles that I've learned in scripture, based on maybe what I know about my own kids, for example, mm-hmm. that based on where I live and what their needs are, that they need to go to this type of school. Yeah. But maybe that's a little bit scary because it's going to take more of your effort or more of your resources, or it's going to be a change. And so I think that's what I want to distinguish between is the idea of peace and knowing that you are walking in obedience to God versus thinking, if I feel any 
uneasiness about something, mm-hmm. then it can't be in God's will. Does that make sense, that difference? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in that right now with this mm-hmm. pursuit of home educating my kids right. and realizing that they would be just fine going to private school. But in this moment, I feel like the Lord wants me to homeschool and that's just for our family in this season. And do mm-hmm. I know if it's going to work out in the end and if it's going to be pretty? No. Is it going mm-hmm. to be um, hard <laughs> on my end? Yeah, it is. But mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that if we are only looking for the answers, if we're only looking for the what should I do instead of who should I be, we never develop wisdom. Mm-hmm. But if we seek sanctification, we know that we are sanctified largely by seeking God in his word, mm-hmm. right? As we look at his character and at his holiness, and as we imitate that in our lives, as we seek to walk in obedience to who he has called us to be, who he has called all believers to be, then wisdom's going to be a natural outpouring of that, Mm -hmm. that those decisions that we have to make are going to be informed by the type of people that we are becoming by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, And so we just want to say to all of you listeners, you have freedom in making decisions in your life Mm -hmm. as long as you are walking in obedience of who God calls us to be as believers, as long as we are walking in holiness. And so you can know God's will for your life. God's will for your life is your sanctification. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know all the little details along the way. Yep. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I know this is a topic Like you said, Stephanie, I wish I had known this in high school or Mm. college. I think I would have saved myself a lot of anxiety. (laughs) Um, So if you know somebody who could benefit from this, maybe you want to share this with a high school student who's struggling with what they want to do for the rest of their life or in college, someone who's struggling because they haven't figured out their major or, you know, any season of life, someone who's struggling with the idea of family planning or getting married or taking a job or moving. We just like to invite you to share this conversation with them if you believe it will be beneficial to them. So we um, are so grateful that you all have listened and we can't wait to talk to you once again next Tuesday.